This is going to be an amazing video. You really need to watch this all the way through. So years ago, I started analyzing the nuclear bomb and Hiroshima. Hiroshima was the only time a nuclear bomb had ever been deployed. And since then, mankind has lived in fear of utter annihilation and has kept populations in check for 80 years now. So I started breaking this down. I saw a video years ago. If you go back in my channel, there's a man named Galen Windsor who put out this uh, video called the Nuclear Scare Scam. He worked with uranium, turning it into plutonium and re refining it back in the early days. And they would literally use their hands and he'd drink it. He, the, the pools that they, uh, that they used um, to cool the nuclear plants, he would swim in it. And he proved and clearly showed that the whole thing has been manipulated and nuclear waste and radiation is nothing of the sort. And we've been misled. Um, so the, uh, the uh, Hiroshima really got me wondering how that worked. And I found the Hiroshima Red Cross Hospital was right in the middle of the impact zone. It was full of patients and everyone in there survived and they were fine because come to find out the Hiroshima was actually carpet bombed. And there's this amazing analysis I'm going to show you in this video here of the proof of exactly how it was conducted, how the, the hoax was taking place. And um, you have to watch this video. It's, it's, it's just an amazing breakdown of military uh, documents and the analysis showing that it was carpet bombed as well as Nagasaki and enjoy. It's going to be about half an hour long, but I highly recommend watching it. It is full of amazing information, something you've probably never seen, and it's a whole new take on the nuclear missile and Hiroshima. And it's going to put your mind at ease because if you've ever been worried about the atom bomb and utter annihilation, it's not possible. I'm not saying that there's other, not other uh, bombs or other um, catastrophic things that could be done to populations, but the atom bomb is not a real thing. Radiation and radioactive activity um, causing cancer and all of that is not a real thing. So sleep a little better at night knowing that, okay? so. Anyways, here we go. I'll put it on the movie. If the H.G. Wells atomic bombs didn't exist, then what destroyed Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Let's take a look at the aftermath. Is this Hiroshima? Is this Hiroshima? Is this Hiroshima? What's the difference again between an H.G. Wells atomic bomb and a traditional firebombing again? When we say firebombed or carpet bombed, we mean the land was pelted with M47s and M69s. An M47 is a 100 pound oil gel bomb. Each B-29 bomber carried 182 of them. An M69 is a 6 pound gelled gasoline bomb, 1520 per aircraft. Also some B-29s carried high explosives to deter Japanese firefighters. It's easier to count the major cities the United States didn't bomb. One, Kyoto. 
Why did the Zionist controlled United States government spend $2 billion in 1942 money on these very expensive H.G. Wells atomic bombs if carpet bombing worked just fine? Why to scare the world population and rule us by fear, of course. Hiroshima and Nagasaki were chosen because they were among the last cities standing and were mostly made of wood. A fire could incinerate them to the point of looking like they were vaporized by an atomic bomb. But maybe our eyes deceive us. Maybe we need testimony from an eyewitness. With his background as a combat pilot, aeronautical designer, engineer, manufacturer, and military strategist, Major Zversky's advanced viewpoint and opinions are of vital importance to every citizen. After visiting the major areas of the Pacific, I arrived in Japan. I began the study to which I had been assigned by making an aerial tour of the islands of Honshu and Kyushu, which encompassed the main portion of industrial Japan. I flew over Tokyo, Yokohama, Yokosuka, Nagoya, Osaka, Kobe, Akashi, and dozens of other towns and cities which had been subject to intensive air attack. Some of these towns are so close together that they seem almost continuous industrial sites. All of these areas of annihilation presented approximately the same visual pattern. The smaller towns were totally burned out. Seen from above, the prevailing color was pinkish, the effect produced by the piles of ash and rubble mixed with rusted metal. Similar pinkish carpets were spread out in the larger cities, except that among them stood large and small modern concrete buildings in factory structure, unscathed bridges, and other objects that had withstood the impact. Many of the buildings, of course, were gutted by fire, but this was not apparent from the air. I was keyed up for my first view of an atom bomb city, prepared for the radically new sites suggested by the exciting descriptions I had read and heard. But to my utter astonishment, Hiroshima from the air looked exactly like all the other burned out cities I had observed. There was a familiar pink blot, about two miles in diameter. It was dotted with charred trees and telephone poles. Only one of the city's 20 bridges was down. Hiroshima's cluster of modern buildings in the downtown section stood upright. It was obvious that the blast could not have been so powerful as we had been led to believe. It was an extensive blast rather than intensive. I had heard of buildings instantly consumed by unprecedented heat. Yet here I saw the buildings structurally intact. And what is more, topped by undamaged flagpoles, lightning rods, painted railings, air raid precaution signs, and other comparatively fragile objects. At the T-Bridge, the aiming point for the atomic bomb, I looked for the bald spot where everything presumably had been vaporized in the twinkling of an eye. It wasn't there, or anywhere else. I could find no traces of unusual phenomena. What I did see was in substance a replica of Yokohama, or Osaka, or the Tokyo suburbs the familiar residue of an area of wood and brick houses raised by uncontrollable fire. Everywhere I saw the trunks of charred and leafless trees, burned and unburned chunks of wood. The fire had been intense enough to bend and twist steel girders and to melt glass until it ran like lava, just as in other Japanese cities. The concrete buildings nearest to the center of explosion, some only a few blocks from the heart of the atom blast, showed no structural damage. Even cornices, canopies, and delicate exterior decorations were intact. Window glass was shattered, of course, but single panel frames held firm. Only window frames of two or more panels were bent and buckled. 
The blast impact, therefore, could not have been unusual. If Dzeversky's observations hold merit, that would make 69 Japanese cities carpet bombed. Or you could believe the official narrative that the B-29 Enola Gay flew 31,000 feet in the air and dropped a uranium bomb named Little Boy that detonated 1,900 feet over Hiroshima at 8:16 a.m. on the morning of August 6th and killed 80,000 people instantaneously. Also, you'd believe that the B-29 boxcar flew at an elevation of 30,000 feet with the plutonium bomb Fat Man, which detonated 1,650 feet over Nagasaki at 11.02 a.m. on the morning of August 9th between the Mitsubishi Steel and Arms Works in the south and the Mitsubishi Urakami Ordnance Works in the north, and supposedly killed 40,000 people. General Crawford Sams believed the hype, but not entirely. Sims was a medical doctor, one of six men who ran Japan under Douglas MacArthur from 1945 to 1952. He believed the atomic bomb existed, but indicated it was not very effective. He revealed in a 1979 interview that he was ordered to exaggerate its power. He said it wasn't thin, like a, uh, something of publicity, a bomb went off and said he disappeared. Uh, no such thing happened. That, that was the propaganda for deterrence. There was a letter brought over by this first group that came up to Japan from the Philippines with me, from the Manhattan Project, in which the president was looking for a new deterrent against a future war because air power had failed to prevent World War II. You know, if you have another war, air power will destroy civilization, and it failed because it hadn't even brought Germany to its knees. A strategic bomb survey over there showed that military production had increased actually during our bombings. So the object of this instruction, called Letter of Instruction, was you will play up the devastating effect of the atomic bomb. All right, so I was the one who set the deadline this time. Anybody who had been in Hiroshima and died within six months, whether they got ran over by a bicycle or whatnot, would be credited to the atomic bomb. Hmm, attributing a cause of death to a major event for propaganda. Where have we heard that before? Sims goes on to add that, one of us, Norman Trenton somebody, got a priest there to say he guessed 100,000 people died when the bomb went off. Well, you see, it didn't. There never was 100,000 people who died. Okay, so who was this Jesuit priest? Why, he's the Harley guy for the nuclear bomb hoax. I was in my room, which faces the valley, and suddenly I saw a light, like magnesium light, flashlight, which uh, filled the whole valley and looking out of my window to find out the reason for this peculiar phenomena, I saw nothing besides this light and turning uh, uh, from the window to the door of my room, I heard a crash. It may, be, may have been 10 seconds uh, after seeing the light, the flashlight. And immediately I was covered with splinters of the window frames and glass sticking uh, into the walls and actually my flesh itself. Uh, after a while, we saw a procession of people coming from the outskirts of the city up the valley. Uh, many of them, most of them, were wounded. Uh, especially the parts of the body which were not covered by uh, clothes, like hands, feet, uh, back. All of us who lived uh, 
students experience at the spot, estimate the numbers of dead at least at 100,000. Mostly due to structural failure because the fire was just too intense. At least Harley guy can remember his lines. I'm just standing by right now. Uh, what is your opinion as to the story that the ruins of the city emit a deadly rain? Well, I think that it's just a rumor. Because I myself and uh, uh, others of us have worked in the city itself immediately after the explosion for several hours and we felt no ill effect at all. If there was no harmful radiation, then it wasn't nuclear, was it? So if Hiroshima and Nagasaki were firebombed, when were they firebombed? For Hiroshima, the short answer is the night before. For info, we turn to the seven-volume series titled The Army Air Forces in World War II. It was published between 1948 and 1958 as an official release of the Office of Air Force History. The series editors were Wesley Frank Craven and James Lee Cate. They began work on the series during the war with FDR's blessing. In Volume 5, there is a table detailing the incendiary missions against secondary cities. If we skim down, we see that Ema Berry was bombed August 5th. Ema Berry is only 35 miles from Hiroshima. According to the 1977 history book, Ruined from the Air, Tonight, as usual, the monitors had indications that Japan was in for another brutalizing series of raids. Thirty bombers were en route to Japan to drop mines in the Inland Sea. Sixty-five bombers were coming to bomb Saga. A hundred and two planes were about to launch an incendiary attack on Meibashi. Two hundred and sixty-one bombers were heading for the Nishinomiya Mikaje area. A hundred and eleven bombers were bound for Ube. Sixty-six for Imabari. 66 bombers were bound for Imabari on the night of August 5th, and 111 bombers bound for Ube. Imabari was bombed twice already beforehand, once April 26th and the second time on May 8th. The book Inferno by Edwin Palmer Hoyt confirms these attacks, but also leaves doubt as to whether Imabari was completely raised by the time August 5th rolled around. If this were true, it would make bombing Imabari unnecessary. Hoyt includes a conversation on a train that is often cited by my fellow truthers to show that all 66 planes passed over Imabari and bombed Hiroshima. In the conversation, one man notices that Imabari is not listed on the timetable, and another gentleman asserts that Imabari had burned up, and that his father had a drapery business that burned up too. He said everybody was dead, but there was no train stop in Imabari because there was no train station. According to the Japanese magazine Ahime Prefectural Modern History, issued on February 29, 1988, in the early morning of May 8th, the same year, 1945, there was a second air raid, and the area around Imabari Station was hit by waves eight times before and after, killing 29 people, seriously injuring four people, and damaging 140 houses. But the whole city had not burned up. And according to Imabari City War Disaster Reconstruction Magazine of 1971, the city was indeed bombed on August 5th. The third air raid lasted for a long time, from 11.50 p.m. on August 5th to 1.30 a.m. on the following day, August 6th. On the night of August 4th, the bombing of Imabari City was announced by leaflets dropped from the enemy plane. On August 5th, the explosion sound approached greatly from the upper side of the city in the fear of anxiety of the citizens, and it became a rain of fire with the explosion sound in about 60 large bombers. 
It was attacked by incendiary bombs and small bombs about 10 times for about an hour and a half. Planned bombings were carried out one after another with explosive sounds and flashes, and in about 10 minutes, the entire city became a sea of fire. The big fire invited a big wind like a typhoon, made a noise and shook the earth, and the citizens inhaled smoke. On this day, the city center of Imabari was almost destroyed. Between 340 and 454 people were killed. 34,200 people, which is 63% of the 54,341 population, were affected. 5.98 million square meters became scorched earth. The problem here is, in spite of Imabari being bombed on August 5-6, it wouldn't take 66 bombers to cause this type of damage to this smallest city and only kill 454 people. It's still possible that some of these bombers passed over the city and bombed Hiroshima. However, I propose that the real Hiroshima bombers were the B-29s heading for Ube the very same night. If we flip back to Ruin from the Air and cross-reference each city attacked on August 5th with a table from Army Air Force's World War II, I should expect to see every city on the list. We have Saga, Meibashi, Nishinomiya, Imabari, but no, Ube. When was Ube last bombed? July 1st. The napalm created a firestorm. So where did those 111 bombers disappear to that flew out of Guam the night of August 5th? According to the book Final Assault on the Rising Sun by Chester W. Marshall, these planes were targeting an Ube oil refinery. The Ube plant was one of the few plants that remained in high production in Japan until we, the 315th bomb wing, came along. It was not only destroyed on August 5th, but also sunk when the surrounding dikes were breached and the area inundated. Apparently an oil refinery is enough to warrant 111 bombers, but not enough to secure a spot on the Army Air Force's table of bomb cities. How big was this oil refinery? Here's the before. Here's the after. It's an area of 281 acres. 111 bombers for 281 acres of land. Incombustible land at that. I don't think so. Where is Ube on the map? 75 miles from Hiroshima. Recap. It took 111 bombers to destroy an oil refinery and 66 to attack the small city of Imabari. We need a closer look at this. For comparison, let's look at Tokyo. On March 10th, it took 279 B-29s to set fire to 10,112 acres in Tokyo and kill 100,000 people. That's 279 planes set fire to 10,000 acres to kill 100,000 people. Imabari was 66 planes for 1,477 acres, which killed 454 people. Proportionally, with the number of planes and acreage burned, the damage to Imabari would have required 40 B-29s. 66 minus 40 leaves 26 left over. Let's set that number aside for now. Hiroshima had a 5 square mile area of fire damage. That's 3,200 acres. If we plug in Tokyo's numbers, each B-29 should be able to damage 36 acres. If we take Hiroshima's 3,200 acres and divide it by 36 acres that a B-29 is capable of burning, 
we get 89. It would take 89 B-29s to make Hiroshima look like Tokyo. 26 from Imabari's mission, 63 from Ube's. Or, for sake of secrecy, take all 89 from Ube's. 111 minus 89 would leave 22, and 22 B-29s would be ample to blow up the refinery. The United States had air superiority. There was little to no resistance from Japan at this time. Now, in regard to secrecy, each B-29 had an 11-man crew. Only the pilot would need to know where he's going. And not even all the pilots. Many would follow the squad leader. Because they're flying at night and the majority of the crew are young men of frat boy age, they wouldn't necessarily notice where they were going. They've been bombing Japan for a year. It's another day at the office. The crew who were supposed to know? Well, even the dumbest of accomplices can manage to keep silence under threat of death. The fact remains, the damage on the ground does not justify the firepower in the air. And these additional planes can't account for where they were as early as seven hours before Hiroshima is set to be nuked. They're not flying in circles. Just to really drive home the point, let's get a second confirmation and a third. The table is from F.J. Bradley's No Strategic Targets Left. He claims 106 planes were sent to Ube, but that's still enough to satisfy the damage at Hiroshima and the refinery. According to the narrative history documents of the 16th Bombardment Group, which was one of four units attached to the 315th Bombardment Wing, this was the most spectacular mission in which the 16th Group participated. The Ube Coal Liquefaction Company, important because it was a synthetic production unit, had previously been raided on July 22nd and 23rd and had been damaged to the extent of 31%. The attack against the plant was launched on August 5-6 by the entire 315th wing. Interestingly, the 315th Bombardment Wing was equipped with the new B-29Bs. The B-29B was a limited production aircraft a variant of the B-29 Superfortress, built solely by Bell Atlanta. It was stripped of much defensive gunnery and had all but the tail defensive armament removed, adding capacity for additional incendiary or high-explosive bombs. The elimination of the turrets and the associated General Electric computerized gun system increased the top speed of the Superfortress to 364 miles per hour at 25,000 feet, and made the B-29B suitable for fast, unescorted, hit-and-run bombing raids. So the B-29B is faster, and it's packed to the gills with incendiary bombs. And almost all B-29s in the 315th bomb wing were B-29Bs, sent to damage an already damaged plant. These are the Hiroshima bombers. How late into the morning did these bombing runs last? We'll save for another time. What about Nagasaki? There are a number of possibilities. One is that Nagasaki was firebombed the night of August 8-9 and they simply didn't keep a record of it. No one knew when or where the next atomic bomb would be dropped and there were still firebombings going on at the time. According to the Army Air Forces in World War II, Volume 5, while the world waited for a reply from Suzuki, the 20th Air Force kept hammering at Japan. Dispatching on August 7th, a 131-plane mission against Toyokawa, a large daylight incendiary against Iwata on the 8th, and on the following night, a mining mission and two bomb strikes. 
On the 8th, also the 509th Composite Group sent out six planes to drop pumpkin bombs on various targets. Where were these various targets? The 509th Composite Group is the one dropping the A-bombs. No book ever specifies. Why mention various targets at all? My strongest guess is that the Air Force fed the editors this information to cover their bases. In case a crewman ever jumped up years later and said, Hey, we were doing bombings the night before Nagasaki, and it's not in the history books. Another possibility is that Nagasaki was firebombed the night of August 5-6, three days prior to the official August 9th, 1102 Fat Man detonation. LeMay would have told the bombers they were going to bomb Saga, and then have the flight leaders bomb Nagasaki instead. Nagasaki suffered 2,240 acres of damage. It would require 62 B-29s. How many flew to Saga on the night of August 5th? 65 B-29s of the 58th Bombardment Wing flew out of Tinian. Was Saga really bombed? Yes, it was. How much damage did Saga City sustain? The Saga air raid lasted from 11 p.m. on August 5, 1945 to around 1 a.m. on August 6. It killed 61 people, burned 443 houses, and dropped 458.9 tons of bombs. We don't get an actual acreage, but we can compare these numbers to Imabari's. 454 people were killed, 8,199 houses were burnt down, and 510 tons of bombs were dropped. The B-29s that attacked Imabari were part of the same 58th bomb wing that flew out of Tinian. The damage to the houses is suspect, but Saga City was in a state of total blackout before the raid. Leaflets had been dropped the night before, much like with Imabari. But, blackout or not, Saga may have been grazed before the crew headed to Nagasaki, 42 miles away. The pilots and crew would have followed orders and returned to Tinian in the Mariana Islands. On to our fourth possibility, officially Nagasaki was already bombed on August 1st, 1945. A total of 50 bombers, including 24 B-24s and 26 B-25s, dropped 112 tons of bombs, mainly on munitions factories in the city. Heavy damage was inflicted on Mitsubishi Nagasaki Shipyard, the main target of the air raid, as well as Mitsubishi Steelworks, Nagasaki Medical College, and other important facilities. What the fuck? Mitsubishi Steelworks is where they dropped the atom bomb. Yeah, this one's not so much of a mystery. According to the Army Air Forces in World War II, Nagasaki had actually been hit on five occasions between August 10, 1944 and August 1, 1945, twice by B-29s, including a phenomenally effective chance strike by a single plane, and three times by 7th Air Force bombers from Okinawa. However, we're expected to believe the ridiculous story that Captain Frederick Bach instead of flying his own B-29 on one of the most important days in aviation history, switched planes with Major Charles Sweeney. So, Sweeney piloted Boxcar with a Fat Man bomb on board, and Captain Bach piloted Sweeney's plane, the Great Artiste. According to the Air Force-approved textbook series, through a curious error caused perhaps by the removal of the names from the strike planes, the official communique stated that the Great Artiste carried the bomb on August 9th, and that mistake has been perpetuated in most published accounts, even those written by eyewitnesses. In 1946, discussion of a plan to retire the Great Artiste as a museum piece disclosed the error. 
The evidence of the serial numbers in the mission report is irrefutable and has been confirmed to the author by Captain Bach after contacting his handler, who explained that he had exchanged B-29s with Sweeney for that mission. Apparently the change was to avoid the necessity of transferring the scientific instruments. I'm calling bullshit right there. The scientific instruments were already on board the Great Artiste when they bombed Hiroshima. They didn't need transferring. The pilot doesn't even know what plane he was on five days after it happened. This is Major Charles W. Sweeney of Quincy, Massachusetts, pilot of the Great Artiste, the second B-29 to drop an atomic bomb on the Empire. Major Sweeney, give us some of the details of the whole flight. Uh, we were briefed on, of course, a primary and a secondary target, as usual. Uh, we, uh... This is Captain Kermit K. Behan of Houston, Texas, bombardier of the Great Artiste. Captain Behan, what was your most outstanding experience on this historic flight? I suppose it was when the clouds opened up over the target at Nagasaki. Now, the nose art wasn't painted on the plane until after the bombing, but the pilots should still know what fucking aircraft they're in. And why the fuck is there a press conference for a top-secret mission before Enola Gay is set to take off? After a photographing session that make it, made us feel like a Hollywood premiere, we uh, got off at about uh, 3 o'clock in the morning. Then, if you swallow that bullshit, we're expected to believe that the target city on August 9th was also switched. Kokura was the primary target on the 9th, but was cloud-covered, and the drop at Nagasaki was possible only because of a last-minute break in the clouds just before the B-29 was prepared to turn back with the bomb. The devil's in the details, people. The more details they have, the more they can obfuscate the truth. Nagasaki was damaged on the 1st, damaged on the 5th, and finished off August 8-9. The plan was Nagasaki all along. Once again, if you'd like to support my work investigating this farce, check out my political thriller novel on Amazon, Silver Bullet Golden Ticket, a story about a group of criminals trying to save the Rust Belt.